Basul. This one is, as I'm sure you know, we'll move into the final phase for the time being of the mindfulness of breathing practice. Now this is done in multiple traditions, in the Tibetan tradition, stemming from India, and mindfulness of breathing is often entails visualization, sotapa, But in the Theravada tradition, which has emphasized this practice as a shamatha method, more than any other tradition, and I think has the greatest experience, uh, then as you all know, they are focusing, they focus on the tactile sensations. And then the classic method that's been around for oh, good, at least 2,000 years, if not right back to the time of the Buddha, the, the point of focus is right here at the, at the apertures of the nostrils. So this full body awareness is preparatory. Again, to get us to mellow out, to get grounded. Yeah. And then rise and fo- focusing here, this is a Japanese method, focusing on the hara, the energy center here, or dewekigur. And then, but that's also preliminary, because you won't, you won't develop great vividness if you're attending to these relatively coarse sensations at the abdomen. Come up here, and as you settle more and more deeply into the practice, um, certainly your breathing gradually will become more and more subtle, which means the sensations will become more subtle, which then challenges you to, to enhance the vividness of your attention. And then we have the synergy, the pinsunrora, the synergy of the vividness, the stability, and the relaxation, all supporting each other. Right? So among the 40 methods of shamatha that the Buddha taught, as recorded in the Pali Canon, this mindfulness of breathing is the only method that he emphasized for people 2,500 years ago in rural India who were, had a lot of conceptualization. And so I wonder how we compare, we in the 21st century, compared to people living in India in the 21st century, or Tibetan nomads living a century ago. Uh, we're probably all in that category. Now that's not to say that you know, the only method of shamatha in, in the modern world is mindfulness of breathing. It is to say that this method is probably going to be very appropriate for many, many people. It's also the only, me- the only method of shamatha that I know of, and I think I actually do know here, that the, for which the object of the meditation, the nipa, becomes more and more subtle, kamo, more and more, more and more subtle as you proceed. If you're focusing on a mental image, like a Buddha image, it gets clearer and clearer and clearer. But if you're focusing on the sensations of the breath, it gets subtler and subtler as you go deeper in, which then challenges the vividness, if this is going well, that more deeply stabilizes the mind. If that goes well, you feel more relaxed. If you feel more relaxed, the mind becomes more stable. The more stable the mind is, the easier it is to become vivid. So it's a beautiful synergy there. Now, for those of you well-trained in Buddhism, you know perfectly well that you'll never achieve shamatha by focusing on a tactile sensation. Lukya Rekshya Mitna or Shinidugmari. Jokamata. Because it's in the desire realm. And to achieve shamatha, your mind must move from the desire realm to the form realm. So, what's up with this? Focusing on tactile sensation, physical sensation, is in the desire realm, dukkha. So I'll be doing this with at least two people here who can maybe use a little bit of help with the Tibetan, and so I'll just pop it in occasion. And so, so how do you get around this? Well, the Theravada tradition knew this perfectly well, all along as well, as two. They too say when you achieve access to the first yana, which is achieving shamatha, that you move from the desire realm to the form realm, another dimension of reality. And so what happens here is we begin with what is called the preliminary sign, the tactile sensations. Over the course of your practice, as you go deeper and deeper, you'll see a mental image that arises spontaneously that is somehow related to the air element. When that arises consistently, more or less in that area where you are focusing, 
purely mental image. It could be like a garland of, of pearls. It could be like gauze. It could be like a cloud. It could be like a white light, a pearl of light. But when that, when that arises, and arises consistently, then you disengage your attention from the tactile sensation, like and you focus on the mental image. The mental image, and you take that all the way up to shamatha. When another sign arises, they call it the counterpart sign, and that's a sign that emerges from the form realm, or zukam, and that's when you achieve shamatha. So we have the preliminary sign, the choir sign, and the counterpart sign. For the time being, we don't need to think about the counterpart sign at all, that'll take care of itself. The acquired sign, all in good time, but don't wait for it. Don't wait for it. Don't wait for anything. Um, for the time being, we'll just focus on, the, on, the, on the, the preliminary sign of the sensations of the breath. And from this point on, we'll just jump right in. So please find a comfortable position, and we will proceed. set the most meaningful motivation that we can for the day's practice in the spirit of loving kindness. Let your awareness descend into and fill the space of the body. As you settle your body in its natural state, you nirvana. Imbued with the three qualities of relaxation, stillness, and vigilance. mindfully present throughout the body. Taking note of the sensations related to the breath throughout this tactile field. Subtly respiration in its natural rhythm. Breathing as effortlessly as if you were deep asleep.
with these little mundane concerns for the time being. Setting your mind at ease and stillness in the present moment. Clearly attending to the sensations of breath throughout the body for a little while. Deeply with every out breath, and relax all the way through the end of the out breath, and continue relaxing, even as the next breath flows in and out. is to enhance the clarity, the vividness of attention, but without destabilizing the mind, a 
without losing the sense of composure, presence, or centeredness. So for this we move into the classic mode of mindfulness of breathing, of attending to the tactile sensations, of the passage of the breath, of the apertures of the nostrils, or just above the upper lip, wherever the cessation of the breath is most distinct. Again, it's not a matter of visualization or thinking, but simply being aware. spacious and open, the spaciousness between the eyebrows, your whole face relaxed and soft. Then with each inhalation, arouse and focus your attention, concentrate. With each exhalation, relax your body, release the breath, release any involuntary thoughts that may arise.
even between breaths, there are still tender sensations in this target area where you're focusing your attention. So there are always tender sensations there. But to the best of your ability, maintain an unbroken flow of mindfulness focused on this unbroken flow of sensations, the passage of the breath, and between as well, within and out breaths. Let this be a full-time job, always engaged to the best of your ability. Experiment with counting the breaths. One brief count at the end of each inhalation. Experiment to find out for yourself the extent to which this is helpful for you.
as you sustain mindfulness the sensations of the in and out breath. Apply and refine the faculty of introspection and shijin. Monitor the flow of attention, recognizing laxity as soon as it occurs. Applying the remedy of arousing and focusing attention. And recognizing excitation. Tibetan jing good. Recognizing excitation, relaxing and loosening up. And returning your attention to the object of mindfulness. So this way, let's continue practicing now in silence.
caso once again the key to bringing about a meaningful and durable transformation in the mind of any kind is continuity so if you for example want to develop a nicotine dependency smoke regularly build it up you know, five cigarettes a day half pack one pack two packs you'll definitely succeed and the addiction will really get you in this grip so as for the negative side so for the positive side if you can be gently or relentlessly easing and arousing tension it's called great and that is in between sessions in between sessions just maintaining this flow of presence as much as you can just releasing releasing the flow of involuntary thoughts and being present with whatever you're doing brushing your teeth walking reading eating whatever it may be always present there then the outlook is very optimistic because now you're applying something fresh something new to overcoming an old addiction what else do you call it addiction to invo- you know, getting caught up and carried away by involuntary noise, garbage spots which are hardly ever constructed right? it's an addiction so, but it's not getting any stronger it doesn't get stronger as years go by it's just, it's just the same pretty much. so it's not getting any stronger but if you apply re- remedies and you're relentless, very gently relentless of applying the re- remedy coming back, presence, presence, presence all the way through, then who's going to win? one that has no extra forces to call on, that's just an old habit, and you applying now concerted, relentless effort to overcoming this old habit, so you can just be sane. You know, it's a novel idea, but it might catch on. You know, of just being present, clearly present, thinking when you want to think, letting your mind go creatively into daydreaming when you wish, and when there's no need to think, then you just be present. And you're going to do into default mode, default mode of just being present. So, in between sessions, really key. And now that we have our first full day of silence, there's hardly anything to interrupt you. Right? You can do this environment, everything can take care of uh, quite spread. So, enjoy your day. I'll see you this afternoon at 4.30.